1: Uh, welcome to it, folks. We're about to say farewell to these guys. Or are we? Because I think they've had a farewell tour before. Are they having another one? They're having another one. Yes, KISS will be in Birmingham, April 2019. Ooh, Willie Nelson's coming to Montgomery, isn't he? Yeah, with the Lost Lonely Boys.
0: The Lost Lonely yeah. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: I, d- yeah. I don't even try to sing this because I am so bad at singing. I can't come close to
1: yeah, it. Yeah, this song has got the quintessential. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> it's so good. I think that's Paul Stanley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Woohoo. You <I> get that <sighs> with a uh,
0: cheap trick, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, Cheap Trick sounds a lot like Kiss. I think they're very much, like they would admit, they're huge fans of Kiss. Yeah. And and anybody does a great arena show probably has been influenced by Kiss. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like when I saw Weezer, they were very much looking back. That is a lot of Kiss influence going on there. Very anthemic, very heavy, like guitars. Don't necessarily come across on the albums, like when you see them live. Really cool stuff. And uh, there's always a gimmick. Like when I saw Weezer, they all came out in like full body suits with their faces covered. Mm. And then in the midst of the first song, they started stripping off the full body suits into their normal clothes. It was just a weird thing to get uh, people to pay attention.
0: It's like Motley Crue copying either Bachman, Turner, Overdrive, or there's another group. I want to say ELO, but Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Mm. Uh, Apparently, they were like the first group to get the drummer on to like, a revolving sphere sort of thing. Okay, so yeah. So the drummer would start a solo, and then it would... Or was just, Def Leppard? The mechanism would move. Well, Emerson Lake and Palmer's, like...
1: Oh, way but yeah, 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 you're like right, you're right.
0: 15, 20 years before but Def the, Leppard. the
1: drums are bolted down.
0: Yeah, and, like, the drummer is, like, upside down and playing the drums. Yeah, okay, okay. I know Motley Crue copied it. I think it's Emerson Lake and Palmer. It might be Bachman-Turner Overdrive. It might be ELO that did it. That's one of those groups.
1: I, I know that you're never going to beat the Spinal Tap, where they were supposed to have uh, the little people, the midgets, the dwarves dancing around Stonehenge, mm-hmm. and they got the scale mm-hmm. model of Stonehenge. They got the scale wrong, so the the dwarves were bigger than the model. <laughs> Great, <laughs> right, that's still a funny movie. That's
0: Besides maybe What We Do in the Shadows, that might be the best mockumentary. Right. Oh, Tycho
1: is genius. The a guy, uh, for folks don't know, directed Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Still up there as one of the funniest Marvel movies. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, he's got a mockumentary
1: about vampires called What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. It's so funny. So I I feel obligated after that palate cleanser, talking about KISS, talking about arena rock and roll, funny mockumentary movies. I feel somewhat obligated because we're bad people, essentially, for just talking about what's on our minds. When a terrible, violent event happens in the world, you must always focus on that. And everybody's got to have an opinion and find somebody to blame. Yeah. Or else you're a bad person.
0: Well, I think blaming a certain group of people is what started the whole thing in the first place, right?
1: I think so. Yeah, I believe so.
0: At least in Pittsburgh.
1: Right, right. I, I think I think that's it. But I love how the reaction to a form of abhorrent racism, which is a form of kind of collective blame on a group, uh, let's answer it by, you know, scapegoating whole groups. What, what's the the website he was on it was alternative like twitter gab gab yeah yeah, yeah. it's gab or gad yeah and so the guys at gab were like oh my god this guy said what so they deleted his account but they saved the data and immediately gave it to the FBI and the DOJ mm-hmm. and they're like we definitely believe in free speech more so than like twitter or facebook we don't police speech in that way but we also don't condone violence and these sort of things and yet, I think GoDaddy and their web service company and PayPal all like deplatformed them. Right. So Gab is done. Yeah. Essentially. It's because
0: they weren't big enough
1: to mm. deal with the hassle. Yeah. Or they couldn't police every single thing. Yeah.
0: Well, Being I certain, mean, you got the crazy things happening on Twitter. And, you know, they're still oh, a site. Right.
1: Right. It's, it's, you, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze for Gab. Right. Well, and there's crazy stuff happening on Facebook. Like one of the websites I used to uh, write for, the Anti Media. Mm-hmm. Now, everything they publish, I didn't necessarily agree with, but they allowed a space for people who were not your mainstream voice to write about things. Right. I had an article that went huge there. Whereas after Trump pulled out of the Paris Accord, I wrote essentially good because it'd be better to solve climate change. With, you know, market mechanisms, non-profit, essentially a voluntary, if you agree with the science, you don't need a central global government plan. In fact, I'd imagine just with people's innovation, that's the actual solution. It went huge. Anonymous shared the article. Like, I made some money off that article. Well, that website... Anti media, their Facebook page, which had over two point two million followers, Mm -hmm. that Facebook themselves was in contact with, saying you're a valued page, you drive a lot of traffic. Uh, We're doing some research projects on how you can, you know, get the bang for your buck for ad buys, and you know, just we want to work with you. Here's some free credits for ad buys. We want to see how this works with how many followers you have. Two weeks later, they are pulled off. They're part of that purge of eight hundred something sites on Facebook. There was a
0: purge on Facebook?
1: Yeah, of left and right sites. Some that were truly spam pages. They were just constantly reposting things. Was it was the purge due to spam? That's what Facebook's uh, justification was. We purged it because it was spam and bot activity and extreme political views. Okay. And yet Somehow the anti-media got swept up in that. Even though Facebook had been treating them as a value, like, we're giving you free... Like, had a real-life person sending emails to them. Like, we're working with you, you have a lot of followers, mm-hmm. so you're important. And yet, I, it it kind of comes across as there is a a cleanup job being done, which, in my opinion, they have every right to do. It's unsettling, though. But YouTube, Twitter... Facebook, the big three right now, are really trying to clean up who has a say out there. Yeah. So, I don't know how much it actually troubles me because, I don't know, you've, we can still communicate. I, I worry it's a point I've heard Shooter Jennings make. He's a, I, he worries that there are a lot of kids these days, myself included, who now think of the internet as social media.
0: Yeah, I can see that. You see it a lot with
1: YouTube, like YouTube communities, right? Like the Paul brothers. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, Logan Paul and what's his brother's Jake. Jake. Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. they have a huge following, and oh, yeah. the demographic is like
0: preteen, young teen, and a lot of the products and advertise like direct marketing that they do, like the plugs they make. It's like you. it's off-putting that they're marketing that to a child.
1: Right. Right. Well, and that's, it's a new frontier, because there might be folks listening to us who are like, what in the world? Who's Logan Paul and Jake Paul?
0: Yeah. I will go ahead and say this right now. It's not worth your time.
1: Not worth your time. Um, Essentially pranksters and and some, Logan Paul especially. Yeah. And a lot of it is in poor taste. Oh, yeah.
0: Right. Like, filming a Dead body in the suicide forest in Japan. Yeah,
1: Logan Paul, he got a lot of backlash for that, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's kind of what he does. But he And that's what he does, folks. Logan Paul is sort of this prankster, does things in poor taste just to get a rise out of people. And millions of people, millions of people watch him on YouTube for it. And so he went to what is regarded as kind of a suicide forest. In Japan. In Japan. And it is, I've seen other shows do uh, work on that place. Like they filmed that place, going through it, and they did it respectfully. They and the people there said it's one of the creepiest places on earth. Mm-hmm. That if you aren't suicidal and you go in there, it is a it's you haunted. Get, you get bad bad vibes. Very bad vibes. And uh, so Logan Paul goes in there, and he took like a selfie with a dead body, somebody who had committed suicide, and pretty the fresh. Oh. Yeah. And so there was like this terrible, terrible backlash, um, and. Did you hear though when Chris D'elia and Logan Paul got into it on Twitter? No. Logan Paul made some, rem- you know, smart remark. at Chris D'elia, who's a comedian, folks, and D'elia is known for really taking people on on Twitter. Like if some random person's like, "Hey, D'elia, you suck," he'll like repost it. Just some person with like a hundred followers, be I mean, like, "So what?" He'll want to bring him into the spotlight. And so Logan Paul said something about it, and Dalia made a smart remark, and Logan Paul said, well, I mean, your career is uh, pretty much dead now. And Dalia's response is, well, at least you'll be there to take a selfie with it once it's dead. (laughs) And it just blows up. And this is what's going on in this day and age. You might, folks, think it's, oh, it's just silly. This is just nonsense. And in a way, it is. But because there are millions of eyeballs on this silly nonsense, some of it more silly, some of it more disturbing, it's valuable. It's really valuable. yeah. And it's valuable beyond the Almighty dollar. It's valuable in terms of uh, politics, in terms of influence. Now I personally find, and this is kind of where I'm going with all this, that uh, our political leaders, I think, are above, you know, random one-off political violence. Now, they voted for war and all that. That's a whole other issue. But what we saw at the the synagogue this weekend, the guy mailing the bombs that didn't go off, they're not for that stuff, and they often condemn it. All political leaders on the left and the right, Democrats and Republicans. But they sure as hell are really quick after condemning that stuff to spin it in their own favor, into their own political narrative. Yeah, of course. They're brilliant at it. Really brilliant at it. And I've kind of gotten to the point of, uh, you know, the leaders are definitely hypocritical and they're uncharitable and they play a lot of these political games where they rile people up. It's really tiresome. It is. Um, But you know what? I can't blame them anymore. Because I often... In what way? In the sense that so many of the people out there are marks for this stuff. Like, these leaders wouldn't be able to get away with what they get away with. And if we truly believe in democracy and the wisdom and the will of the people in this country, if we're going to be blaming people other than, say, the individuals who perpetrate terrible things, like, if we're going to blame anybody more than the guy who actually shot up a synagogue, I'm all for blaming him because, and thank God, our criminal system and court system works that way still. Yeah. But if we're going to go and blame and scapegoat beyond the guy actually shot people, then I'm blaming the people for our political discourse being so coarse and hypocritical and terrible. Because you're the ones who elect these people who stir you up. And you're the ones who fall for all this stirring. So,
0: because people get riled up, Mm -hmm. they are, in a way, provoked. Yes. Because they allow themselves to be provoked. Dare I say, choose to be provoked. Oh, yeah. They are more at fault than the people doing the provoking.
1: In the sense that we always come down to the people are the ones in charge of the country. Yeah. And that, okay, with regards to responsibility
0: of controlling narratives?
1: Yeah, to answer your question directly, I think the person doing the provoking is worse. Okay. Yes, but... You see what I'm doing here. I just get so tired of that. Pass the buck. Pass the buck. Pass the buck. Right at a certain point, where are the idiots falling for this crap.
0: Right. It just, it just at the beginning of what you were saying, it almost sounded dangerously close to being like, well, those people in Pittsburgh shouldn't have been Jewish. Oh, good God, no. But I see what you're saying now, and that makes that's a very good point.
1: Is that we keep falling for <clears throat> these uh, ideas? And keep, we, it's almost like we want to be provoked. It's like the idea of the Russians, you know, influence the election with bots on Facebook and Twitter. Like, no doubt they had these bot farms. They had people who were paid to go and stir things up. Right. In whatever way. But At the end of the day, it comes down to, don't be a mark for that sort of stirring up. Like, you, at a certain point, the best defense against this is not by restricting speech, and it's certainly not by having Facebook or Twitter or YouTube be the policeman of it. Yeah,
0: I mean that that's a little concerning, but at the same time, it's like I get it. I mean, as a company, you would want to yeah you would want to limit that.
1: Well, and companies that are free to have all sorts of standards. I'm fine with that. I actually I prefer companies
0: doing that than the government I mandating do too. that
1: all day every day. I prefer that. But some of these standards the companies set up are a bit slippery. They're not. They're not enforced in a very clear and even-handed way.
0: Yeah, and you definitely see this with YouTube's uh, DMCA program. It's not run by people anymore. It's now run by robots. And so the huge companies... Like, you could post a video, uh, like a collage of pictures as a video, and have, like, a queen in the background. It'll get DMCA'd in, like, five minutes. Exactly. You won't even have it monetized. And then all of a sudden your account's shut down. Like, right. it's just ridiculous it's
1: ridiculous and they're trying to do it cuz there are billions of videos on there right and so you can't do it with just people but i don't know my my long convoluted point is we have to accept individual responsibility for things actually you know be stalwart and call out things like this terrible evil that happened this weekend right. but not you know i i follow a few i'm i'm not like oh i have a lot of jewish friends but i mean i Do follow a lot of libertarians online, who happen to be Jewish. Right. And they wrote some pretty heartfelt stuff about how they felt when they saw this news breaking. And the common trend was, don't... People who are often, you know, what is it, uh, shaving cream posters or crap posters, I can't say the actual word. Yeah. People just troll and stir people up online, kind of drop that pose. So because I am a Jew, please... Do not use this as a political football, please. And I saw several people saying, "Please do not use this as a political football." I mean, if they get they get it enough, yeah, and it's being used as a political football. I I did see a guy, uh, John Potthoritz, um, for the New York Post. He wrote something saying that you know actually what the shooter shooting reminds me of is that it's it's very good to be an American if you're a Jew going all the way back to the founding of the country, and he quotes George Washington, talking about how essentially this nation allows every person to have their own space if they want, including the children of Abraham. It's a pretty beautiful quote, and the guy says the difference between what happened this weekend and what's happened throughout most of history is it wasn't a group of people blaming the Jews and taking them on. It was one guy yeah and most people in this country, of course, you know went back and kind of with horror were taken aback you know i
0: I read some of the things that guy posted, yeah, and when I read them, i was like uh, why why didn't why didn't anybody be like, this is the dumbest stuff I've ever read <laughs> like when yeah. he what, he he mentioned taking over the country right i yeah. was I was confused as to how he there's such a small demographic of people were doing that. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, he mentioned there's a lot of nonsense out there. Man. He mentioned white people, and how he was like going to protect them, and it was just—it's
1: dumb. As far as I know, aren't most Jews white? No, not necessarily. I mean, I don't. I I see all that, and for no pun it's like white noise to me. It's like static yeah. noise, in the sense of. I guess technically Jews are different and historically have been treated differently than, say, your WASP population. Right. And, I mean, they're old... There's a history, especially in this country where race, especially the, like, black-white distinction, is really a class distinction. So there are books mm-hmm. about, like, when the Irish come over, when the Jewish population start coming over, or they're, like, classified as black, as, excuse the word Negro. Apparently that's...
0: That's so, why you see a lot of um irish names with yeah uh, black families yes it's because they were they ended up grouping them together because they god this is so weird to say they considered the
1: irish to be black right so it's it's very much a, a class thing in this country race has always been a class thing more th- because if you look into the science of like race it's nonsense Like, yes, there is such a thing as biology and genetics. Yeah. No doubt. But to say, okay, this certain space of genetics can now be classified as a race. Every time somebody's done that, it's usually, no, always nonsense.
0: It's, although it is probably easier to control people's reactions when grouping by something that is... Phenotypically observable—that is to say, skin color—than it would be to do it by class.
1: Right. No, and but it's unique to this country because if you go to other places and they have—and let me be clear—there's always been like class, race, ethnic division. And it keeps popping up. So it's a thing human beings do. I'm saying the basis of it, I'm not denying that discrimination along racial or ethnic or whatever lines, it it usually exists. Like, if you look at old translations of ancient names people had for themselves, like, Americans were kind of, you know, saying we're Americans because of the geography. We live in America. But if you look at old ancient peoples, a lot of times the translation of their tribe's name, like... We're the Joey people. Joey would translate to, we're the real people. Or, right. we're not those people over there over the hills. Right. It's a very much uh, self-selecting, like, we are the good group, or we're the good people. There's always a need for a scapegoat in human history. So this stuff always exists. But if you look at the basis for, like, why somebody says we're the real people, we're the saints and you're the devils, mm-hmm. it, there's, the basis is bunk.
0: Yeah, it's us or not us. Right. And it's... it's You want to be us when good happens, and you want to be... Right. You don't want to be not us when the bad happens.
1: Well, and maybe that's what's going on now, is that we have instant communication, instant contact, and that whatever it is about human beings, maybe we can not blame the people. We'll blame all... Let's just tell them that it's human nature, to quote Michael Jackson. Why does he do me that way? And it's just human nature, but... It maybe it's that that need to say I we are the pure and chosen few and all the rest are damned. There's room enough for, in hell for you. We don't want heaven crammed. That idea that we are the right side, you're the bad side, us versus them. That whatever causes human beings to do that and group into tribes is now being played out on a massive and scale, instantaneous instantaneous scale online. Yeah. Perhaps. This is just
0: briefly thinking about it, trying to come up with a name for how we can be better at it. We'll call it, I don't know, intersubjective hygiene? Sure. Social media hygiene? Yeah. We, as people, can be better, much better, at how we communicate with others. I see a lot of posts online, or I see a lot of people communicating things in such a way where if they were face-to-face... That interaction would never occur. Right. Absolutely. But I also see an interaction that would, that occurs that it would be like, if it's like you and me in high school and we're talking some crud about another individual. Right. That would just be a personal communication between you and I. I see that also being moved online and being able to be viewed by. More than just the people in the conversation. So there's
1: no context. There's, and also imagine, folks, all the, I I really mean what, understand what you mean, Troy. uh, That think of private conversations you've had with your good friends, with your spouse, with anybody, and they were now on display for all the world to see. Especially
0: private conversations that, you know, perhaps people don't want to realize this, but uh, conversations that show. Prejudices. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, where maybe it's a particular word or something like that. Those are now be able to be viewed by everybody. Right. If you do it, like make a Facebook post about it or something, or you accidentally mess up sending a private message, which I've seen people also use as an excuse. Whereas well, Anthony
1: Weiner, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Whereas that would have typically twenty years ago occurred as a communication in person between two people with no one else around yeah. it wouldn't have been out there so to speak and the more that it gets out there the more it also we'll say normalized yeah you know things that you would normal you would not normally say in, in public a, in a typical conver- a public conversation have are now being said in public online for people to view and they're being normalized
1: because well, it doesn't feel like you're in public because you're just by yourself or with a couple friends and your phone's in front of you.
0: But that would then, in turn, it stands to reason, make those same conversations that normally would not occur in public places actually physically occur in public places. So right. then, like minded groups of individuals, you see this online with something like Gab? Gab? Yeah. Yeah. They would get together. And that's where these little echo chambers start. And well, then they meet yeah. in person. Oh, yeah. And you see it in, let's say, Charlottesville. Yeah. Oh, goodness. You You know know what I mean? mean?
1: Well, and what gets to this um, point, you remember Sorkin's The American President? It's really just a rom-com. Yeah. Uh, There's this one heated moment, though, where uh, essentially he's talking about, uh, like, the people are lacking leadership. Lewis, Michael J. Fox, the character Michael J. Fox is portraying, is talking to Michael Douglas, who's portraying President Shepard and uh they're talking about how a heated argument over the president's refusal in this case Trump talks too much say his critics his rhetoric's too heated say his critics maybe maybe not i i find actually trump's trump's rude boy antics refreshing it's, i think the one thing i actually like about trump i but, i agree
0: and i also disagree
1: fair enough but in this case in the scene it's in the oval office right The president's aide, Lewis, is talking to President Shepard, and he's mad that Shepard won't answer Bob Rumson's attacks against him as not a family man. doesn't have family values because he's dating a woman. And uh, the key exchange really hit me. Uh, Lewis is yelling at the president, they don't have a choice. Rumson's the only one doing the talking. People want leadership, and in the absence of genuine leadership, they will listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. They want leadership, Mr. President. They're so thirsty for it. They'll crawl through the desert through a mirage, and when they discover there's no water, they'll drink the sand. Then Shepard, President Shepard, says evenly back to him, Lewis. We've had presidents who were beloved, who couldn't find a coherent sentence with two hands and a flashlight. People don't drink the sand because they're thirsty, Louis. They drink it because they don't know the difference. Yeah. And uh, that's how I feel often at the end. Like Charlottesville, yeah. and, like all, and then the people who respond to Charlottesville, or the people who respond to this shooting. Just it,
0: any it, Antifa video in Berkeley.
1: Right. <laughs> Once we get off of personal responsibility, personal accountability, basic ideas of justice in terms of don't hurt people, don't take their stuff, don't threaten people openly, right. don't defraud people. Once you get away from that and you start getting into this collective blame and guilt game, you end up just creating mirages. Well, I, I think illusion. What's really interesting
0: about that, the collective guilt blame, mm-hmm. is when nine eleven occurred, many people, myself included, we blamed Islam. Real, yeah. and it's the ideas in Islam that cause it. But it's only a particular group of people in Islam that do it.
1: Right. But it, it's a big group of people. It's but, also
0: right. It's much easier to blame that entire group. Yes. Yeah. And now you see groups of people that are semi-associated with these individuals. That are committing these atrocities. And they are starting to feel the heat, right. the backlash, if you will, that I guarantee millions of Muslims felt. And they're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. It's not everybody in this group. It's just particular people. And it's like, well, that's interesting because 10 years ago, and I you know, I include myself in, in that group of people 10 years ago, mm. that was like, it's, it's Islam.
1: Right. Well, and I think there's also a bunch of people uh, online... In whatever groups, left or right, who very much like a lot of Muslims within their own faith, uh, realize that, like, yeah, there are some problems in my own so-called group. Right. I got to call out these people using the common ideas that we share to justify their violence. Yeah. And there's got to be a way to make that distinction against those people. And it's, it always comes down into, yes, you always are picking groups.
0: I thought, I don't but, know if you guys talked about this earlier mm. today with, when you were talking about Pittsburgh,
1: but the,
0: the Muslim group in Pittsburgh just raised a whole bunch of money. That's awesome. For the, the victims for like funeral calls and things like that.
1: That's fantastic. Because funerals are expensive, dude. They are. They are. And it's just, and that's what uh, John Pot Hordes was writing in the New York Post. He said the outcry from people of all different faiths. In America, has been amazing. Yeah, and we can bicker over who's to blame for the political rhetoric, and that is just again, politicians condemn the stuff and then use it to their own ends. And it's it's terrible, and it's nowhere near as terrible as the shooting itself. Well, but it's just
0: it's salt in the wound. Is it? Isn't it human nature though to look at something and when inaction on your own part as an individual. Yeah. has not stopped something and you feel compelled to do something but there is nothing that you can do you then begin to look for other outlets to
1: yeah. be proactive absolutely. if you will absolutely and it kind of gets back to something I said it's like we can say on these airwaves what happened in Pittsburgh was wrong yeah. terrible unequivocally uh, the, the goal of a, a past that is, won't die just keeps coming back and haunting us anti-semitism but then, how much is me saying that affected? Like, I would go on Twitter and i say, this is wrong. Like, yeah, Joey, we know. Yeah. Like, there's a certain point it, what you're doing on Twitter is just signaling. I think something's L- wrong. Virtue signaling? Yes, and what you should be doing is looking out. Like, if you knew that guy, do something about it. Yeah. If he's your so-called friend or around you, do something about that guy. Yeah. Try to get him help. If it's a family member, do something about it. Like, affect who you can affect in your direct circle. Yeah. Instead well, of, you know, you know... Sitting
0: there saying, you know, this is wrong, this is wrong. The opposite of those statements, that would be like encouraging that thought process of anti-Semitism, those had an effect. Yeah. An effect that drove this person to do what he did. I mean, ultimately, he chose to do it. Right.
1: Yeah, well, so, and- so, why
0: does that have a more empowering effect than condemning something?
1: Well, I, I don't know. I just... Well, and also, I, I shared a piece earlier today that uh, was brilliant, kind of from a sociologist's point of view. of uh, The mistakes people make when one of these kind of heated political violence, one of these situations happen. Well, number one, people react emotionally. And when you make decisions on an emotional basis, usually never a good result. Yeah, but also, a big one, and this is a common thing, it made me think about it when I was watching like old tapes of when Crispin Waugh, the wrestler, like killed his wife and son and killed himself. And they're sitting there talking to his friends, fellow wrestlers. Like, why did this happen? And Jericho made this point. It's like, in a situation so heated and emotional, people want to find a simple solution. What was the cause? It's not, that's never how it works. Especially on a violent act like this. It's 10, 20 different causes.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you want to see something like that played out outside of reality, look no further than J. Jonah Jameson and Spider-Man yeah. blaming Spider-Man for all the problems of the world.
1: Well, and, you know, even though there are a lot of problems in the world, tragic things in the world, I can still really get pumped about Kisses coming to Alabama. Yeah, I'm more excited
0: about Los Lonely Boys, actually. Yeah, that's good, too. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks.
1: Joey Clark. folks I messed up welcome back to the Jenny Joey Clark. Clark radio hour but uh you know I'm not in the mood to call Dr. Love right now in fact I'm feeling a little younger oh, thank you <sighs> calling the audible thank you as requested by Troy I love this song just like the, white window, sings the songs like she's singing
0: It repeats just like the white-winged dove. Wow. <laughs> the bass came in. It's so good. The drums are slowly building.
1: I wish I could play the whole thing. I can't, though. Can you just make it to the drum roll? Oh, dear, on the edge like the so good. Oh, so good. I, I love that so much. Like you know, you know I, I really have, as I've gotten older... Sounds like she's singing. I feel guilty for wanting to just enjoy like songs like that or movies like the oceans movies and I don't want like people like get out and vote make your voice be heard let's save the world like no I don't want to save the world I don't I, yeah. I don't want my voice to be heard for some political cause I want to talk about good music and movies yeah. and
0: food when when are we saving the world again in Early December, ooh, I've got Love Actually penciled in for 25 <laughs> days there.
1: Can we put a pin in that? Well, and here's here's my point, though. I, if more people did that, like, ooh, we're, we're saving the world? Mm, <laughs> I got plans, as you just put it. I think more people did that. I've got personal plans, family plans, f- mm-hmm. friends plans. Uh, I think we would actually end up saving the world.
0: Yeah. Ooh, that sounds like a really good idea, but that's not healthy for me.
1: Like it's almost like if we just uh, just focus on ourselves and the people very close to us, mm-hmm. will really solve a lot of problems. It'll have almost a ripple effect. You know, I was feeling
0: anxiety
1: mm.
0: a couple months back—just a lot of anxiety. Okay, you know, my back. Yeah, just issues kept mounting Yeah, and I, I remember reading something about circles and it was basically like a reddit post on how to not give up an F Yeah, and one of the commenters said keep your circle small if it involves something in your circle then give an F yeah. if it doesn't then don't so I thought about what circles I'm in Or rather, what circles I occupy. Sure. And I noticed I was in a lot of circles. Too many? Too many. And if you keep your circle small, and I'm, I mean, I'm even, for me, I was even going as far as, like, the Auburn football circle, the Denver Broncos circle, the Tottenham Hotspur, Atlanta United, Portland Timbers, things like that. Right. I found myself on Saturdays, I was miserable watching Gus on and Chip Lindsey try and run an offense.
1: <laughs> sure. I, I, I Likewise. I, I, was, I feel the same exact way. Right? So
0: I was like, you know what? If it's really given me this much grief, maybe I don't need to be in that circle. I can still enjoy those things, just not care as much. Hmm. And in the short term, it's a bad thing because you're going to miss caring about that. Sure. Because the high highs are just as powerful as the low lows. Right. But I, I reduced my circle. Circles. So, I found myself caring about myself, my mom, my dad, my cats. Yes. I found myself caring about not work, but rather the work that I do. Hmm. If I put in the work that I know I'm capable of, and I try to do it to the best of my ability, I started feeling like a lot of anxiety go away. Now there was still the the back
1: pain right. and still troubles in life
0: right but it it didn't feel overwhelming like it didn't feel like it was constantly mounting right and you know i don't expect everybody that is listening to this to be like oh that's a great idea dude just
1: reduce down your number of people you get yeah down. just like that well, and I think it's, it's unique to the individual in the sense that some people get a rise out of, they get energy out of meeting new people and, mm-hmm. and caring about, you know, things they've never cared about before. I, I tend to be more where I, I feel stretched thin at times. And uh, also about, you know, let's save the world. Number one, it's kind of, you know, how full of it have, do you have to be? I feel like I have the answer to save the world. Yeah not like oh you stumbled on it and i think this thing i created or this idea that i have is beautiful and i want to share it right it's not that it's different than that it's no it reminds me of a quote from i think minkin where he said the urge to save humanity is almost always a false front to rule humanity
0: yeah you know that that's the I This is gonna. I'm gonna bring the government into this. Sure. But I feel like that's the difference between the two party government in the United States and representative governments in other countries. Sure. Yeah. Where there's more than two parties, and you get like say labor in the UK takes over, they get to the top. And all of a sudden, you kind of find like when they get to the top, there when the implementation of their policies, it's like when they get there, they're like, oh. Sh- what, 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 we're at the top. What do we do now?
1: <laughs> right. Well, I think that happens a lot, but uh, you see it with certain sects of. Conservativism or the left like progressives, well, oh, but no but think about that that line again the the urge to save humanity is a false almost always a false front to rule it. That's a beyond po- politics. Think about how people always talk about oh the church is corrupt and what's going on with the, whatever church there's problems in Islam, there's problems in the Catholic Church, oh no, my how many different denominations in the Protestant movement or mm-hmm. that whole umbrella do we have mm-hmm. like come on, there's always. And usually those, it's sometimes it's doctrine, and it's like true theological disagreements. And sometimes it's just a political, who's going to rule? Who's going to make the rule? And it gets wrapped up in this, oh, if you don't agree with me, then you're, you're trying to destroy the world, not save it right. from this terrible thing. And so I just, sometimes I, I get tired of this Messiah complex. We're constantly taught that we must be the saviors for the world. And do all these things for these people that... I and mean, here's the condescending part. Are probably not as smart as us. And probably haven't learned as much as us. Yeah. I see that mentality a lot. Sometimes it's well-meaning. It really is, like I want to say. And they don't even realize they're trying to control other people. Yeah, for sure. You see it a lot with people that try and police.
0: Like, the tone police.
1: Yeah. Or like, just... Like, oh, you learned how to eat... Eat at a fine restaurant and have table manners, which is, I guess, a good thing to learn. You know, sometimes you want to eat a buffalo wing in one bite. That, that's impressive, by the way. Yeah, like you just get it, it's like you're eating a crab claw. <laughs> sometimes you want to be putting your elbows on the table,
0: and there's nothing I, wrong with it. So I, You know, I find myself doing that sometimes, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had to take my elbows off yeah. the table.
0: Also, can you please never make that noise again? Oh, there it goes. Yeah,
1: I just did. I, I'll, I swear, after that last instance, I won't do it again. But yeah, I just, uh, I just want to relax and have fun. You know what we might want to do instead of like a classic album battle, we could come up with one. Yeah, like we pick two Muse albums, say which one's better. Okay. Like what's re- resistance and the the last one? God, what was that called? No, no,
0: we've forgotten. I've already. got the discography on my phone.
1: Yes, but we could or do prints or whatever, but we could also just come up here one night, one Monday evening. We'll preview it and talk about the Oceans of Eleven movies. I, I love those movies. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. And it hit me the other day, uh, Friday night. Like if a classic heel is somebody. And Eddie Guerrero did it perfectly in wrestling. He just said it explicitly, but it's the rule for most of the time for a bad guy. If you want people to hate somebody, lie, cheat, steal. I lie, I cheat, I steal. And he really does. You know, like, he, he blinds the ref, and then he cheats, and the ref doesn't see him. Like, Yeah, lie, cheat, and steal. And that's usually the rule. But, then I watch Ocean's Eleven like they lie
0: they cheat i only lied about being a thief
1: yeah they steal they steal a lot and i love them for it mhm and i'm p- puzzled like p- 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 puzzled to where i'm stuttering why is it with the oceans characters that i like their lying and cheating and stealing where i usually hate that in everyday life that is a standard i would have for society Especially the, the cheating and the stealing part. Perhaps it's who they're stealing from? Maybe it's back to your circle idea. Hmm. That the way those movies are presented, you're on the inside. Yeah, You're in the group. In the circle. And this other circle outside of you, especially uh, Benedict, he's kind of, he's not the greatest guy. No. And it's not because he has money, it's because it's the way he treats people, in a sense. Like, he's too robotic. Mm-hmm. Like, money is almost as God. It's one thing to be rich, but it's another thing to treat your power and money as, like, your identity. That's true. And then,
0: well, it's, I mean, the way Soderbergh frames it, though, is like, Danny decides that the love of his life mm. does not need to be with Benedict. Mm-hmm.
1: For those very same reasons. Right, he doesn't actually care about her. She's just another trophy he's collected.
0: Mm-hmm. And that movie would not be nearly as good, in my opinion, if I didn't happen to agree with Danny. Right. Hmm. Because Benedict is written in such a way.
1: Well, in o- Ocean's Twelve, is the same way. They're taking on another thief, so you like their lying and cheating and stealing. Thirteen's mm-hmm. the same way, They're but taking-
0: then they use that same thief in
1: Thirteen. Right. But and they're lying and cheating and stealing thirteen for a good cause. Mm-hmm. You did my friend wrong, and you're constantly doing people wrong.
0: And Benedict's involved because it turns out Pacino's character is even worse,
1: right? So maybe I don't know, but they're all lying and cheating and stealing. How am I supposed to like these guys? They're supposed to be bad guys.
0: They're so quotable.
1: Yeah, I, they're Are you ready. Saul. They're they're they're, <laughs> they're intelligent, well spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stylish. And there's something about, like... and it's, I think it does come back to even more basic than morality is there's an obstacle in my way. There's an obstacle in that guy's way. Can they overcome it? It's why we get fascinated with competition. Especially when the obstacle
0: is such that it seems impossible. Right. Which probably why Mission Impossible movies are so successful.
1: Yeah, we, are a, uh, we are a quixotic... Society, especially these days. We like to dream the impossible dream. Fight the unbeatable foe. Mm -hmm. Even though it seems foolish, and like tilting at windmills, we enjoy seeing somebody go for it, and either falling on their face, or they pulled it off! Or the combination of both, like the Pink
0: Panther, or Get Smart.
1: Right. Yeah, the comedy of errors. Mm -hmm. You still pull it off. There's... I don't know. We, we need to do an in-depth show on the Oceans movies.
0: That album was Drones, by the way.
1: Drones. Okay. Mm-hmm. We could do Resistance Against Drones. Ooh. That's a tough one. Drive. I drones to, for me. we would have to go song by song. Yeah. And that's... It'll open up your, your idea. of Like, we did Thriller Against Off the Wall for Michael Jackson. And at first blush, it's like Thriller, obviously. No doubt. But if you go song by song, you're like... Four songs in, man, off the wall's gonna take this thing it's, it's solid it's a really good <laughs> album, so we could do that uh, I mean, we can do whatever band we can do muse, we got plans here because you know I can get all up in arms about you know politics and next week will be the midterms. I'm guessing that the Democrats take the house, Republicans gain seat in the Senate, seats in the Senate um, it's what I've been expecting for the last year and a half, so if I'm if something different than that happens, Republicans keep the House or they lose the Senate. I mean, I'll be happy to be surprised. It's been a while since I've been surprised, so fair enough. Yeah. But I think Republicans will gain seats in the Senate and Democrats will uh, barely win the House.
0: You know what's not surprising? Hmm. The cold weather coming. No, no, that's. You know what is surprising? Yeah. Having those days where you look down, you're know, like, "Wow, it really is cold outside. It's
1: cold. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Well, you know what? Fix that for me. Is like I wore contacts my whole life, mm-hmm. and then when I, uh, when I kind of got tired of wearing contacts, started wearing glasses for a long time. It's like, why does Gimli look so much smaller? The dog. Mm-hmm. Why does the dog look so much smaller? Well, apply that principle when you wear glasses to you know when you look down. Like what? Uh, uh, let me take the glasses off. Much mm-hmm. better. Much better. And now mm-hmm. having LASIK everything's crystal clear. <laughs> I don't know if that's better, but it's all right in focus. Troy, thanks for joining me tonight, man. No problem, buddy. I can't wait till April. If I get tickets, you want to go? Hmm. Talk- it's a Saturday night. Talk to me in April. Okay. I'll be back tomorrow night, folks. Joey Clark.